Warning: so The following finder. podcast may contain um, phrases such as. So what's the fifty-fifty? Five half to ten years. That, I can't it's boomage, man. But are we actually recording? Why does that question always come up? Like that's because well, we talk about a lot of stupid shit when we're not on air. Like how am I Three supposed to know? Unwise man. Yeah, but every oh, time, oh, how, yes. like it's not like there's any difference. Grant and writer. <laughs> well, I should write it because he's leaning back. Right. That's yep. his. Like I'm going to make a point stance. Well, no, it was more. It was more of just a. It was going to be a general question. So, I haven't played. It's not your general question stance. It is. He has stances for these things. Apparently, apparently. Look, this is my like. I I don't watch him because I don't have the chair that faces him. Well, I see all things. I see. (laughs) Okay. So I'm like keeping an eye on everything. You're fucking daredevil over here. Someone's got to keep an eye on you too. yeah, okay. Well, it's going to be you here, but okay. So, yeah. what are we talking about, Pathfinder? Yeah. So you haven't, you haven't like found a path in five years. Yeah, and it's been ridiculous. Um, so that's when I left church, and uh, <laughs> when I uh, wait, wait. <laughs> no. So like what? Like what? Whoa, 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 whoa! There's another story here. We're not going down that no. story. Okay. So what do you Pathfinder? So I haven't played in a while, so it's kind of it's kind of new to me. Got it. For you, completely new. Yeah. Okay. And for you... Let's do that I thought it would be. It, well, there's some familiarity. Because it was like, this is like an amalgamation of all the things. All right. And for you, Frog, you've played yeah, this I'm, and I'm other genres before. So, um... So, I'm, yeah, we, we, I mean, it, it should be noted that mm-hmm. we're... Should it be? Yeah, probably. Okay, Because it's going to be okay. confusing. Because we're putting this segment, like, before... The interview? Yeah, but do we really know that? Or do we? Yeah, probably. Yeah, we're probably doing that. Do we organize? We're that organized? We know where this is going? <laughs> well, ish. You're applying we're talking this? about Pathfinder. Like we, It's already started. That's a good and point. we talked about Pathfinder in the interview, but they haven't heard the interview yet. No, that's going to be in another X amount of minutes. Clearly. And so we are reaching into the future for you, dear listeners, but the yep. past for us. Yep. This I, I tell you, like, uh, you're going to hear some like surprise and stuff so on the this, interview about it, stuff we're talking about right now because I just learned about it. Is this, yeah. well, is this like like the game Chrono Trigger? It is a little yeah, Chrono Trigger ish. Yeah. Who's Lavos? Oh. Uh, not it. Not it. I'm the one asking the question. Clearly, I'm not that person. <laughs> That's exactly what Lavos would say. <laughs> Good point. Did you play that game? Chrono Trigger? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who didn't play? Well, we talked about that. Yeah, we had an entire, like, thing. Yeah. We yeah, had- but I can't remember. I don't pay attention to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. It could have happened. So, Pathfinder is relatively new for you in terms of just the mechanics of it and whatnot. There's some familiarity there. And then, Frog, of course, you've had... Uh, you've... Do- you've Delved I, I, into several different types of tabletop RPGs. Yeah, I'm I'm old school. Yeah, I started when I was like 11, and I really haven't stopped since then. Okay, so the question I'm gonna and you're like what 12 36. now? 13. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's been 13. 25 years of role playing. Yeah. Oh, so you're like, did you have like a celebration, like cake and stuff? No, you should. Well, I mean, look, like, uh, don't you get like a wristwatch or something? Yeah, there should be like oh, or a, a medallion or well, gold I, chain. A couple of weeks back, we kicked the living shit out of the stag lord, and I got his helm. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Is that good? Is that good? It's, it was in game. See, that was well, really. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Thanks for that clarification. What Good do you job. Mean, what do you mean? Is it a game? No. <laughs> no, we were we were at the the stag party and there was a stag lord I there. And we I, kicked the I, shit out of I him. I mean, as much as <laughs> we're like, as much as I love Fuck that guy, as much as I love my tribe, there is no tribe less likely to go take on any animal <laughs> than a bunch of RPGers. <laughs> God. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine that group? We're going to go out with a bunch of boffers and hunt guys. Come on. We're going to go get the stag. I I, I love my tribe. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, like, that's not who I'm taking to the woods hunting. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Well, that's... Uh, Until you get into, like, the serious hardcore SCA guys. Even then. What? I, I I would totally do it. I would totally go hunting with, like, a... 
sword and shield. Yeah, but I want to actually catch something if I'm going hunting with the intent of... If I'm going hunting with the intent of killing a stag and somehow adorning his horns... No, no, we're talking about the stag lord, though. The stag lord. The lord of the stags. <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's a bandit lord that wears a stag helmet, so he's called the stag lord. Even worse, I'm hunting someone who is a criminal, like a lifelong criminal, right? And he's the best of it. I'm definitely not taking boffers. Like, <laughs> no, no, me? I, that's what I was saying. Hardcore SCA guys, you're taking one of those. No, yeah. I'm not taking that person. No, he, he's I'm pointing taking, at that, that sword you can't see. I don't care what it is. I'm taking the guy who's like, like, like has a blindfold on and like cleans his pistol and puts it back together. That's who I'm taking out. That's fair. Are you kidding me? I'm not taking people with <laughs> rules. Fuck. Listen to you people. All right. What were you doing with your stag lord? So, although to be fair, I have role played with a guy who could do that. So did, did you bring him? Uh, not to take out the stag lord. No. Well, there's do you. So did, what, did it take a while to take out the stag lord? No. So is this home even important then? It sounds it, like it is. It sounds like easily gotten gains. Well, I landed a lucky crit. Ooh. So then, in this analogy, are you the guy who can blindfoldly clean his pistol and reassemble? Uh, in terms of role playing games, yes. Like with the, <laughs> if we're dealing with the mechanics of an RPG, yeah, I'm probably that guy. Nice surprise. Yeah, right. <clears throat> Anybody else surprised? I was surprised. Raise your hand if you're fucking shocked about that. Yeah. This right hundred, yes. Well, that's why you got the wristwatch. I don't have a wristwatch. No, the 25-year, like, Yeah, the, t- the commemorative... The keys to the book? Is that what the mayor gives you? It's the golden keys to the city. Ah, uh, close enough. Golden keys <laughs> to the city. <laughs> or it's just key, rather. It's supposed to be a that's single one key. key. Yeah. You don't need multiple keys. It's one city, one key. Yeah. Well, now they have... You know, like, here's the fucking... Keychain. Well, so Ryder's playing a half uh, orc in this. Yep. And I wanted to jump into that because, like, one, I derailed us horribly. Two, um, <laughs> the other part is that, like, why a half orc? Like, because um, it's kind of like, I hate you. Well, so here's. It, it's, like, I want you to die in my missions now. It's, oh, half orcs are great. They're the worst. So I chose it for this particular campaign because it's my first time going with this particular DM, okay. um, and it's a new group overall, and I have not played in a while, so it's uh, it's most familiar to me, and it's most easy for me to um, just dive into. Don't you just grunt a lot? Like, what kind of dialogue is a half orc? Half orc. He's also half something Human. else. Yeah, yeah, but that's going to be the. There's no way that like orc is not the dominant trait. No, no, no. You play it as a bland. Yep. Mm. It's a 50 50, yeah. totally. Yeah. So, what? So, what's a 50 50 half work then? It's, uh, ma'am. <laughs> you're right. I hate that you're on my side on this work. <laughs> this is your buddy, by like, the way. He's, he's helping why you. Why you gotta fucking be like that? He's helping I'm you trying out. trying to put together some rational argument. No, he's helping you, you out. And you come up with, uh, your, ma'am. There you that's go. That's what you're gonna do? That's how you're gonna step to the plate? That was Remember your, back me? Oh, uh, ma'am. There you go. I, I like what he said. I think he's, I think you have to build on that. Remember how he said Okay, so when done correctly, it's not. No, dude, yeah. he's that's apparently that's, that's that's how he's playing it. That's the no. half orc. Jesus Christ! <laughs> remember at uh, the beginning of this ma'am. season, that's what you do. And remember at the beginning. There's a trigger warning. We said that I was the worst ally ever. This continues. No, currently, I'm I'm I'm, in, I'm intrigued by these really brilliant arguments I'm hearing. Go on. Okay, so. God damn it. Okay, it's, I was trying to put something together. I was going to make like a, a rational point about how you can play oh, someone think, who, who thinks rationally but is you know has impulse control issues. No, I think a, I, th- I think a picture was worth a thousand words. <laughs> <laughs> well, then uh, please continue with trying to... Well, I'll tell you, actually, one of the favorite characters I've ever played in a Pathfinder game was a half... Actually, it was a third-ed game, but very similar. Mm. Uh, was a half-orc. Okay. Actually, a half orc paladin. A paladin half orc. So let's yeah. Let's 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 let's, 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 let's talk about this a little bit. So, one, everybody who plays a half orc is just the first generation. Like, why? You, I, I, I presume that if two half orcs were to, were to breed with each other, here's my issue with the half orc. Here's my issue with the half orc. Mm. Okay. 
well, basically halflings in general. Um, half races bother me in role playing. What games. you don't like misogyny? No, I, here's my issue with <laughs> here's my here, here's my issue with half races. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that they count that as a race, which is like would imply then that like everybody and everybody plays it a fifty fifty blend. So like not everybody. Mm, okay, 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 Ugh. Ugh, ma'am. That's I, like 80% orc. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, but the point I'm trying to make is like so, <laughs> many people, so many people play that heavily. Like, oh, I'm, I'm this and this. Like, my mom was this and my dad was this. Like, that's the predominant RP from half-breeds, right? Sure. And so the problem I have with that is that is no, that the race then, like, they're like, these are the cultural aspects of what? Everybody who's just the first generation? Like, it's dumb. I don't like half-races for that reason. Well, so in you, a lot, if you show me a half race who's like, well, I'm a third of this, or like a fourth of this, and down the line, and the question then raises, actually, what a, happens? a lot of the a lot of the planar subtypes are like that. So, Asimar, Tifling, that sort of thing. Okay, but so then, what happens when you have a half elf and a half orc get together? Can you have a? So why then can't you have a orc elf? Actually, half orcs could be any other race. Yep, because. Um, a there's a lot, lot of, of orc, orc elves out there, is there? Well, so the reason that there's a lot of orc and then half of something else is, and it says so in the in the, in the the core rulebook, is that a lot of the times the children that are half orc, half something else, were not born out of a good household. It was because of a very bad situation. You yeah, know? it's a Viking raid. But yeah, right. More or less. The, but the, the, the other thing that you have to bear in mind is that, yes, there are these other subsets that are, you know, spinoffs of that. But with a lot of the lore that the DMs and the GMs get into, <clears throat> there isn't enough history to really have anything beyond half because the the races themselves usually keep to themselves. And so if there is a mix at one point, it's usually not as common to have a half-breed and then have spinoffs from so that. So only the like, half-breed date and marry and offspring with other half-breeds of their own half-breed so, mix? I you mean, know, like with, with half-elves, for example, um, some DMs will ask you, why did that actually happen? You know, what was the... What what, what history happened in your family that had a human and, a, well, and an elf? Point, I just have never liked half-breeds. See, I... I I just feel like it's like I I and I've I've always liked it more where they're just they're not compatible DNA. Mm. So who cares? Like you know what I mean? So there's no like offspring from that. See, I, I mean, th- I'm not knocking you for picking a half elf, right? Or, or right. I'm knocking. I'm like I've just you're never, knocking the concept. I'm of knocking a half the concept of it. You, you don't like the fact that orcs could in fact breed with another race. Yeah, or just any races mixing for that reason. Like in terms of like like different like very huh. different humanoids or different magical beings. Like I just, cause it doesn't like, it just doesn't meld for me. So with a lot of, with a lot of lore um, for things like Dungeons and Dragons, Warcraft and so on, um, there's always common roots. You know, they have like this great founder or some other being that helped create all of the races. And because of that, they share these uh, you know, common traits or whatever the case might be. And that might be part of the reason why that mix is able to happen. Uh, I just, it, it, no. And here's the other part. Cause I, those <laughs> no. are, well, those aren't <laughs> Let's races. be clear. These are made up races. Yeah. But here's the issue. Like to me, those aren't races. Those are species. And like I have a real and like they're mm. not races. Like I get races, right? Races okay. are the same species but different cultural backgrounds and different like different specific genetics that okay. are very small within that species. Sure. And so the problem I have with like half these things is that they're not it's 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 not they're not races. Like I have an issue with the fact that it's not a race. So it's, it's a, a semantic species. issue. It's the word race. Yeah, but it's everything else that implies because it's like it's like it seems like this god hand wave of the arm. Over it, it. Is. It, which it, mm-hmm. to me is lazy like it's lazy ways to be special and that's yeah. what i hate about half species every time i and like it's always it's a lazy way to be like special like oh i have these two backgrounds you know what i mean and it's like oh my god get so fucked. i think i think like, i know where right, some of this. right a single interesting background that that takes the aspect of that species and then take the culture and then take a conflict and create a, a solid character i have an issue when the when the predominant thing special with it has nothing to do with storytelling it has to do with the fact that i'm picking 
I'm two of these. <laughs> like, so I think I know where some of that drives me nuts. Where some of that frustration comes from. So yeah. from you know, it's either I'm more special than now, or I'm more conflicted than now, and this happens so much in RP. Well, um, it's like the conflict is who I am. Like, right. Oh my, kill myself. Yeah. So the reason <laughs> the reason I picked a half orc was simply because I was building a tank. So there was not this as was much, a mechanic yeah, viewpoint. That's but not what other I'm, people will build it solely for the fact of. You know, oh, I was born of conflict, and oh, look, woe is me. And so I, I want to, I want to talk about my half orc because I actually reversed this. Okay, oh, okay. Um, it wasn't. They were like, we love each other, and they ran. No, 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 no. My my half orc was um, found and raised by human clerics, so it wasn't like mom was traumatized and hated me because of it right i had some traumatic experience when i was very very young and mm-hmm. as a baby but i don't remember any of it okay sure um and so i was picked up by human clerics and raised and i'm still very combative and so i instead of being a cleric i turned into a paladin and i knew mm-hmm. and i haven't been like religiously trained or i'm not smart enough like my intelligence was like in seven <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> so he wasn't smart enough to, to really study mm-hmm. anything, but he knew that the orc god was Grumsh, right? This is th- third ad. Okay. And so he knows that Grumsh is the orc god, and he's the only person with any orc blood in him that he knows. And he knows that he's a good person. So he extrapolates from that that orcs are good people. <laughs> so he extrapolates uh-huh. from that that Grumsh is a good god. And he runs around as a paladin of Grumsh, you know, helping the <laughs> innocent and protecting the weak because that's what paladins of Grumsh do. And the GM and I talked about it and figured out that what was actually going on was like some chaotic good god of like tricksters right. was actually powering him <laughs> and just thinking it was fucking hilarious. Right. Right. Like, and so he's running around like Grumsh loves you. <laughs> and, and like we always pictured Grumsh down in like the bowels of the abyss going, oh, <laughs> <laughs> And so it was exactly the opposite. Like, he was not dark. He was not conflicted. I used the half-orc to flip that. Got it. And actually really dig my heels into one of the dark evil gods. Because here is this perfectly not conflicted guy. Like, he knows what he wants. Okay, so Mm. let me ask you a storytelling perspective. Sure. How would that have not worked if it was just an orc who was raised by these people? And the answer is because mechanically there wasn't an orc at that point i know i'm just saying from a storytelling standpoint it would have worked yeah it, it would absolutely would have worked and this is why my interspecies stuff drives me nuts sure but i mean it, i played it as a half work because that's what i had rules for what you did it. i'm not knocking your choice i know right. i'm the one in the room you guys are on the one side you have him grunting in your ally but you've got <laughs> i'm you know i'm sitting at the thing but it's just i've <clears throat> i i would need i i, I turn now to the fan Mm. It's off. No, no, the our, the one, the one, we, the one that listens to us. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I turn now to the fan or fans, plural. I would love to hear retorts to my stance, mm. uh, which I'm sure there are pretty, probably there will be a lot. Very vengeful, many because like why? Why is it necessary? If not just allowed, like why is it a thing? Yeah. <clears throat> so <clears throat> it does allow for some interesting, like. I think a lot of the 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 conflict for you comes out of the backstory of it. You mean the really lazy storytelling? Go on. Right. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, it can I think lead potentially to some really good storytelling later on in terms of once you get into the actual game. How? Um, so have you have you read the Dragonlance stuff? No. <laughs> I own it. I read some of it. I haven't okay. gotten that deeply into it. Yeah, I mean it's it's decent and it's got you know, one of the main characters is a half elf who has this, you know, what world am I a part of sort of thing going on. Yeah. And I mean, it matters like, and it's, it's, he, he kind of is the stereotype, right? Where he's not accepted I mean, in elven society, but not accepted in human society. And so he has to be kind of a loner. And, and I mean, to be fair, I do have, I'm a bit of a hypocrite as I do in the, the story I'm writing, the book I'm writing, the series. I'm it has a half breed. It has a half breed in it, but, <laughs> what the fuck? but the half breed's not the same way it's used here. So, yeah, it's not like really, it's not like a half breed in that, um, (laughs) like, they are compatible with humans. Hmm. Sure. So, it's not, you know, they're still in the kind of the same, it has to do with, like, immortals doing things. But, um, 
but so so like and that's my real I don't know it's my gripe like is it a is is an orc a human that's deformed and ultimately shares the same whatever or is it a different species if it's different species like I just I haven't I have an issue with races and species are interchanged because like I think that that's something that for instance um, certain games do well when you have races are culturally different with other kinds right. of like you know humanoid or non-humanoid characteristics that are that are indicative to that group of people that tribe and over time they you know they share similar like like similarities sure. versus species which are not. And so I have nothing against like fin- like different species, but it sure. Well, and you'll never run into a half dwarf, right? They're very, very, very. Oh, half what dwarf? dwarf? Dwarf, yeah. But why not? Yeah, I don't know. But you won't run into one. But why not? I honestly, I don't know. But you won't. That's my point. If if you have a world, it it has to do with inconsistency of storytelling. Either you have a world wherein species can intermingle, or you do not. Yeah, and so what I—that's my issue with it. It's like it should take the same time to get to Alpha Centauri as it takes it to get back from Alpha Centauri. That consistency in storytelling is like key. And what I—that drives me nuts in this is when it's like not consistent. It's inconsistent rules, and that like it's like it's. And when I have inconsistent rules, it is an element. Okay, so of like just because. You're, you're driving me nuts here, but for a different reason than you think you are. Okay? Because I've been playing these games That's since standard. I was like 11. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and, and I'm, I've I'm, never even thought about this. And I'm, I'm opening your mind. Right. Yeah. I mean, half elves just were. But why not half everything else? Honestly, because Elrond was a half elf. <laughs> when they started building these games, they patterned it off of that. And there you go. Yeah. But that's a they did that then on a light understanding of who Elrond is. Yes. Because he's not like he's a half he's a half elf, but not in the he's that's not the oh, same. Oh shit! Gy- Gygax watered down everything. Yeah, that is not like that's not like that's saying that all humans in that you that universe are the same, which they are not. The Numenor are very different. They are very different, and so you know that's not. Which is again when I talk about my thing I'm working on, it's not the same because they're not right. There's a big difference between. But if you want to know why there's half elves and not half everything else, that's the reason. Yeah, if you, I know I'm like I'm. I know that's I'm, the historical reason. Is, I'm like opening the door to all these people right now and to the truth that is me. But the um, <laughs> the welcome, truth that is me. Welcome to my church. But the um the, the point church of, of grand. the point I'm trying to make is is like like this is something that we you just worship don't on see. Tuesday nights with beers and <laughs> wing on a soccer match. That's what you get. To do. <laughs> <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is is, is there, there should be you either have it or you don't, and the fact that you don't is. So let me ask you this then: Is it equally as lazy to just simply select human? No, because like, and here's why: like. Like to me, the quality Wait. of backstory and what is going on with the character's drive mm-hmm. is a predominant interest in it. Now, the different species and the different, and I know they use races here, but the different species or races, whatever you want to call them, um, they're interesting because they have unique things that they have to overcome. Mm-hmm. So a human can have no less or more unique things than like a rat can or whatever they're called or a or uh, you know an elf but you know their their challenges are different mm-hmm. so how they react to their challenges is, to me is what makes a good or bad character so what you might be experiencing then are people who are half races but treating it uh, re- and reacting the same as the better half of that race yeah but so but then that's a flow within the same character right. a human can do that same span right so it's like it's unnecessary yeah so like I could be a half orc but all the stuff I, I might as well be doing it as a human but, you know, yeah, um, the, yeah, but the argument is why then if there are half, if there are half elves and half elk orcs, why is there not half everything else? There's, I guess it depends on who's writing the story because technically in the universe that they write, there could be. Now, it, whether it's selectable, like yeah, you'd have you'd have to generate rules, but you yeah, could do it. Yeah, you, so you could. Um, the. I guess part of the reason why we see some half species in games like Pathfinder and D and D is simply uh, to keep it simple, because you want to make sure that you're, you know, if you're getting into these third species, then you go, oh, okay, am I picking up the traits and the the bonuses that I get from this third species and whatnot? In terms of storytelling, um, sure, it's completely feasible. 
Um, well, and, and I do want to point out that like not everyone who plays these games is actually a fantasy author. <laughs> that is fair. Like that is we're, fair. We're we're coming at this with a higher level of storycraft than is normally applied. <laughs> you mean by ten years of just focusing on epic fantasy? Yeah, that that's that. probably not. The that's same. probably not like, the same. Reading it and studying it, like how it all works. Right. Yeah, that's uh. We we are we are applying a higher level of critique to these than is. Then I'm critiquing the origin. Right, the origin is, is yeah. chin mail. Right, I mean, the origin is war games. This doesn't come out of fantasy. This comes out of war gaming. Huh. And so, if you're looking for our deep dark roots, understand that this is a fantasy veneer that was placed over a tabletop war game. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, and to be and to also clarify before everybody wants to burn me at the stake, um, they will anyway. I, I don't want to. You, you make valid points. Like I'm not. Wanting to burn you, yeah, no, right. I mean, but there's someone out there who. In like, fact, I'm kind of, I, I'm kind of pissed off at you because now I'm going to be thinking about this the next time I roll you're a half elf. Yeah, you're going to be wondering, like in the back of your mind, you're going to be like, "Am I Shit. just doing this because I'm, I'm picking? Oh, I want an elf that's like still possibly a little bit bad." Because here's my issue with it: I feel like a lot of people who play half elf orcs and half elves, whenever I see it, now not all the time. Right, but oftentimes I see it. What I what it what it becomes is any like it's the idea that like humans are this like it's this like no it's 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 instant. like the white paste that you're using to change the tint, and so you're like oh it, they're darker than elves, so that way I could play a darker elf, or they're better than orcs, that way I could play like the orc with a heart of gold, right? Like and so right. how how do I do that? Well, oh, I mean you I could make play an orc human. with a heart of gold. I mean that's. But the point is, is like, but that's how people use it. It's right. like, oh no, I'm cutting this. I'm cutting the tint in this paint. Yeah, the paradigm's been yeah, shifted. Yeah, because not because of who the character is, not because of the character perspective, solely because I'm like, oh, I put human on it. And actually, that's that's not the storyline it's mostly used for, because you fail to underestimate the shallowness of many RPGers. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. The storyline it's mostly used for is. I'm not accepted by my people on either side, and therefore I am dark and broody. Con- and see oh, yeah. how dark and broody I am. The elves don't take me. The humans don't take me. Oh, oh, so alone am I. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's the storyline you most often yeah, see with that's that. That's true. And we that's saw that. The, if you want to know why there's an instant shake-in-the-box half-breed, it's so you can be rejected by everyone but still a hero. Right? Because that's the, that's, the, that's the fantasy out. So you want to, So you're basically the. You don't fit in anywhere. You're a pariah. You're the Han Solo. Right. Yeah, and, you, and we saw that a lot in World of Warcraft with role playing, people wanting to do, um, you know, half drain eye, half. The minute I saw a half any, a half any ap- application, it was gone. immediately rejected. Yeah. When I when when I ran that because there wasn't one. You weren't. You, the minute I saw it. The minute I saw it. And then, like, some people hit it, and then they, they well, tried to paint it, and I kicked them out of the guild. That, it's world, the worst. that world has exactly one half-breed. Yes. Mm-hmm. One. Yes. And he's a relatively special character. <laughs> relatively special. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's more than relatively special, but yes. No, he is. But the point of... Tr- like, like Lantrosaur is cool. Yeah. Right. But he, he's got his own character model. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? I mean, like... That's what a half orc, half drain eye looks like. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't uh, well? And then they have uh, what's his name, Madan? No, mm. it's in the storytelling, and it's like you want to die. So it's um, what? it's what's his name? No, it's um, oh, it's the new guardian of Tirasville. And it's, I think it's Madan, and it is a half oh, orc, half, orc half. half whatever, half whatever. And it's... Uh, yeah, because it's, it's the assassin chicks. It's weird. I Yeah, I know who will, you're talking. Someone will correct us. I know who he is, but it's like, it's just so... Because, no, and it's part of um, Thrall. Right. It's Thrall's offspring. And so it's like, he's like super shaman but yet super guardian of tears full like magic it's like they blended together and it's like <laughs> in my left hand i shoot nuclear bombs and in my right i shoot rail guns right like like this is this is what i do is i stomp through the world in my like at it's just 
Like, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even considered him as the half. I, so I guess there are two half breed characters. If you consider him part of lore, which I frequently ignore, but yeah, well, I haven't seen him show up in game at all. No, there's a reference to him very vaguely, but he was so unpopular with fans that it, they just kind of like left him in the yeah yeah in the w- wings. But but yeah, no. So I don't know, fans. Let me know. Tell me. Give us feedback on the half species. But I'm I'm, I'm interested to see how your game progresses with your. <laughs> fucking gnome cleric dude my gnome cleric's gonna make it happen right so uh, you're playing the blood ranger what else do you have in the party i just uh we have a um bard that is the ratkin fucking yes yeah ratkin bard that's awesome yeah it's really cool and then um t's playing a rogue um, a rogue she's playing is she a, playing a rattling rogue no. no she should be i think she's she's either elf or half elf let me tell you something about rat folk you want to you want to have two and you want yeah, one of them to be the rogue. Sw- they could swarm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. A- Esther and I, we rolled into a, a game in Olympia for a while. Yeah. Playing. I was a rattling swashbuckler and I had all the defensive block someone in a square next to you stuff. And she was a rattling rogue. And so she got flanking bonuses all the time, which meant she was throwing her sneak attack damage every time. We we're just running around together is this like ball of rat that came up and just stabbed the shit out of you. And it was awesome. That's so good. Right. And I, I got to block everything because it was coming into my square. Oh, yeah. And so nothing could hit her because I'm sitting there being the D and then she's mm. mowing through stuff. So listeners, Brilliant. come up. Uh, let us know about your favorite builds. And of course, what you think of uh, Grant hating on half races? You, just raising you, some questions. Yeah, just yeah. raising some questions. Just raising some in questions the, in, the, in the Church of Grant. And Play whatever you want, but just raising raising some questions. And we will be right back after this commercial break. Our fellow Americans. We are faced with a time of great inopportunity and chaos. The political fractures of this country have been felt throughout the world. Great is the need of the American people. We have been fortunate enough that the only three unwise men have been able to select a candidate worthy of succession. In 2016, we must elect Loki. No trade deficit. No immigration. No issues. We kneel before him. This is our natural state. It's the unspoken truth of humanity. Loki 2016. We were made to be ruled. Welcome back to Three Unwise Men. Of course I flinched. sitting there flinching. I'm going to protect my face because I don't know what you're going to throw next. Accusations, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Flying high. Recriminations. Yeah. Flying high and wide with those. We're just sitting here looking at you, waiting for you to start the countdown, and you're flinching. You're what do you mean waiting for me to start the countdown? <laughs> there were, was no wait. You were like three, two, well, there was Flinch. coughing. I, had to yeah, make sure I, I thought there coughing. was like a malfunction or something. So I'm like, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. That's all. We were, we were being perfectly polite. You're one of those cool guys who doesn't count the one. Like yeah. the two of us, the two <laughs> of us for gonna, the first time, we did nothing. Yeah, Dave, he, yeah. Like, he like just raises a hand, but nobody, nobody can see it. It's a yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dave, it was great having you on here today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. You guys can find guys. him at info. <laughs> All yeah, so now I'm three on one. This is great. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take the back seat here. Uh, kudos, <laughs> that well, that's actually well, who do we have do. here? Here we, we are. have. You want to announce our goddamn guest? <laughs> would be great. Okay. Would be great if some chuckle fucks over on the side. We're here. ready. We're ready for you, Dave Barra. Well, you are here for a half hour with us. I'm so sorry. That's cool. I'm uh, so yeah. sorry. What else would I be doing on a Sunday at two o'clock besides napping? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know my age, it's pretty important to get your Sunday nap in. Or, or yeah, that's our competition right now for this <laughs> napping. We right. we usually have a good competition for uh, time crunches, so we can find you at www. Dot Dave Barra, D-A-V-E-B-A-R-A dot info. 
Right. Um, Correct. And you just got uh, you. You do have rather uh, a book out called Impulse in mass paperback. And yeah. you've mentioned that it's actually doing pretty well. Give us some uh, give us the lowdown on that. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting. You know, when I uh, they first um, did the contract and everything, they kept mentioning different formats. And then they told me about six months before Impulse originally came out that they were going to do hardback, which, you know, for me is a first time author without a big audience, I'm thinking, okay, that's mm-hmm. kind of a big financial risk at $25 or $24.95. Mm-hmm. Um, it did okay in hardback. It did it did better than a lot of uh, books, I guess, in hardback, about a couple thousand sales. And then suddenly they came out with the mass market uh, late last year, December 1st, and man, it just took off. So um, everybody really liked it, I guess, it's at the $7.99 price, and uh, it's sold over pretty sure it's all over 5,000 so far. Oh, nice. And uh, it's going, it's going really good. So the sales just really took off and uh, that was the right, the right price, I guess, for, uh, for a purple space opera book. Cause I like to call it, uh, cause it's got a purple cover, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's been doing really well. And, and I got a, a report recently on total sales, which of course, since it's from a, a publisher, you can't make heads or tails of it, but, um, sure. <laughs> But they tell me I'm doing, you know, this amount. And then when I do my math, I'm saying, well, I've actually sold this many. But they're, they're pretty close. They're within range of each other. So it's not like uh, it's not like a horrible uh, discrepancy there. But uh, they paid me. They paid me a royalty check. So I'm like, that means I'm, I earned out my advance on the first book. And I made some hey. money for them. And hey, that's they nice. made money. money actually, for, a, I made for money. a first book to actually do that is actually, that's really, yeah. that's impressive. <laughs> I know a lot of really good writers, though, that, you know, that, that didn't, get to that point and you wonder wow what's the deal with the market what's the deal with mm. uh with people uh, with reviews and stuff and you just you just don't know i mean you put a book out you're you're a new author first time author really um for a major publisher and there's just no rhyme or reason to it and no. uh well, and I there's mean, a lot of a lot of guys i mean have sold oodles of books and not gotten a second contract and you're kind of like Wow, what's that about? Mm-hmm. You know, it depends a lot on your publisher and the mood that they're in that day, and and do they have bean counters or not? And I'm lucky enough to be with Daw, um, and Daw, even though they're part of Penguin, part of Random House, um, they're very much like a um, a family, and they treat you like family, and that's the cool part. So I know I'm going to get a, a fair break from from the, from those guys when it comes to sales and how things are going when that time comes so well there's also i mean i have a little an- anecdote about his book um we were about to do a raid in a online game and one of our healers i told dave a little bit about this but uh he's late when we're like we're waiting for him we're late we're late and then and, and like he comes in and he messages me he's like man so i'm really late i just I picked up this book and I just couldn't like not, <laughs> and I was like, oh, and, and couldn't put it down. He couldn't put it down, and he like seriously just like started reading it. Like I think he even skipped a class and just like was sitting down, just chilling with it, and was reading through it. And and I was like, I was like, oh, and I was like, well, what? Bo-? Because he knows I you know read and and all that jazz. And he goes, oh, uh, I go, well, what book is it? And he goes, oh, it's this book called Impulse. And I go. <laughs> I go, oh, really? <laughs> I know that guy. Yeah, and, and, and like, yeah, and and then he was all like, oh, yeah, and I was like, by by Dave Barra, and he goes, oh, yeah, have you heard of it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, a little yeah, bit, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I'm friends with that guy. <laughs> and he goes, no. And so yeah, it's uh, it's a book people pick up and they have a hard time sending back down. So yeah, my my agent told me that the um, <clears throat> the cover, he said people people were picking your book up off the shelves even with the hardback. They said because the Cover's good. The cover's by uh, Stefan Martinier, who I guess it's is a great a, cover. It's a sweet you know, cover. It's a great, yeah, I'm it's looking a, at it right now, and it's, yeah, yeah, it's kind of uh, it's it's kind of awesome. So well, it definitely lucky. tells you that something epic is going on. Like, yeah, I mean, that, co- that that cover screams. This is a big thing that is happening. Yeah, if you look at that cover, you're not like so they're making cappuccinos, right? Like that. Yeah, <laughs> they're like yeah, it's going to be some little. Uh, intimate French uh, film type thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> no well, you're not. real big into those, aren't you? <laughs> What's that? I- intimate French films, absolutely. Especially if there's nudity. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you'll, a lot of weird sexual stuff, like you know, people using powdered sugar and raw eggs and stuff. Yeah, raw eggs. That's a big. Is that a big? Uh, this yeah, is a first. A, this is a first. Our guest has actually beat us down the hole. <laughs> 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 well. 
Sorry about that. No, 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 don't be. It's, that allows it's just, us to a lot more leeway. Than it's, <laughs> it's actually pretty amazing. Like, usually we're the ones who, like, say something offensive, and then the guest, like, goes quiet. There's, like, that awkward silence. Like, right. just, like oh, oh, you uh, just talked about something really bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, now, yeah. you're, now we got Dave Barra coming on talking about, you know, Cracking eggs and powdered sugar over French yeah, chicks. Right. I don't think you can get me. Uh, I don't think you can beat me down the rabbit hole. No, you. Well, you went fast. Like well, it, more importantly, honestly, hold on, hold on. Raw eggs. Like that's the thing. You, the you thing. Get, you get somewhere. Da- I saw it in a movie, and I'm like, that's interesting. <laughs> and then you know the couple what? is like sharing a raw egg, carrying the yolk back and forth, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! wait. It was, it was really a yolk. Clearly, clearly, this couple Powdered was doing sugar this. Sugar and an egg yolk going back and forth. They were kissing. They were, as they were making out, the, they were passing the egg yolk. It's bizarre. <laughs> I wow. gotta say that clearly this couple was doing this before the invention of pre-boiled, hard-boiled eggs. Yeah, oh apparently. God! Apparently, that's here that's we go. You true. will never yeah. let that go. Will no, you? because you went out. At, no, I'm never letting that go. Dave, no. Dave, I have a question for you. Would you ever <laughs> buy? Would you ever buy a like from a store a boiled egg, like a pre-boiled egg, like not the kind they just put in the salad, right? Like a container of pre-boiled eggs. No, I mean, isn't that half the fun is boiling your own eggs? I mean, mm-hmm. no, I, I'm not a hard-boiled egg man. I'm I just am not. I, I, I my eggs are like over medium or or scrambled sometimes, but oh, yeah. never never hard boiled. So why would you buy a pre boiled egg? It's like this gets is to the question. point where I mean I'm, I I will buy like the pre cut, you know, like chicken all chopped up. You can throw on a salad oh, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Sure, sure, that makes sense. Yeah, but, I mean there's some conveniences <laughs> I have to do as a bachelor, but it's like man, no, 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 would not go there with hard boiled. I want to call out here. <laughs> Oh, because Ryder does, by the way. Just so you know, like I want you to like realize, like who, like so, like that's the kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, this is who you're dealing with right now. Okay, all right. They, well, they yeah, have containers at the stores um, that have individually packaged. Is he selling this now? What's going on? Yeah, it sounds like he's selling it to us. Yeah. <laughs> and now like, for four ninety nine. Yeah, no, it's actually like two. But wait, there's more. <laughs> so, um, so we talked about impulse. Yeah. Very hard, uh, very hard for him to set down. Uh, yeah. What's the What's the synopsis behind it? For those impulses is basically you know you're, you're kind of like your coming of age story. A young man is thrust into a situation. And thrust is not a double entendre. In this case. <laughs> um, although it was, there were originally seven sex scenes in the book that my agent made me take out before it went out. But anyway, um, and now I think we have a kiss at the end or something stupid like that. But. Um, it's basically a you know it's a coming of age story about a young man who's who's um, he's he's uh, both very accomplished as a navy officer and also uh, happens to be of royal lineage, which um, you know can be difficult. So he's kind of stuck in a situation where he has to go and he has to be subordinate to a lot of people, and he keeps asking questions. You know, well, why are we doing it this way and why are we doing that way? And everybody's telling him, well, you know, shut up and follow orders. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of he kind of doesn't do that. So he ends up in a situation where he uh, rescues his captain uh, from a, a bad situation, and um, then they start to put together pieces of uh, the fact that there's an, an old empire that used to exist that hasn't existed for about three hundred years, and um, and they're back, and they're back, and they're not very friendly towards this tiny little group of planets that are trying to forge your way back out into interstellar space. And so you end up with a conflict between these two groups and um, our main character, whose name is Peter Cochran, who I'm pretty sure my, I was sure my agent was going to make me stop doing that. Because know, of the Star of Trek reference? Well, yeah, because yeah. actually it's kind of like a Peter Kirk kind of character, but it also takes another character I had from a, a pre, uh, pre-incarnate novel that will never see the light of day. And... Um, <laughs> Um. Yeah, and and it's kind of his adventure, you know. What what happens to him when he's on board Impulse? Impulse isn't the ship from his planet; it's from another planet in the union, uh, the mm-hmm. union of worlds. It's working together, and so he's kind of a foreigner uh, a, a bit as well. So he has to impress, and he has to work hard, and and things kind of uh, go against him, and then things kind of also fall his way. So he ends up um, in circumstances where he can. Uh, he can influence events, and he ends up influencing them in a very big way because he, he blows something up at the end. Because there's always got to be an explosion. There has the to end. be. I mean, it's a big battle and an explosion. So. Like, does he do the cool guy? You know, does he do the explosion where, like, you don't look back? 
Like, isn't that the like, yeah. definition of like, yeah, you yeah. don't look back. Don't be looking at it. You'll, you'll blind yourself if you do. And, yeah. and one of the things that's funny about it, about that too, is that um, in the second book in Starbound, um, he's with uh, his girl who he met on board impulse and uh, they're together and they're watching a, um, uh, a, a, like a movie dramatization back on his home world of how the events of impulse played out. And in the end, he ends up, uh, I made a little joke where he ends up, you know, throwing the missile basically at the uh, enemy vessel that destroys it or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, to so say that's not how it happened, you know. And, <laughs> you know so you got you to have those little in jokes, you know, where you so let's, fun of. Let's, let's be clear. Yes. You reduced your own book to a bad television show. Yes, I did. I made a bad television show out of my own book. So, yeah. That's so, awful. yeah, I mean. That's pretty meta. I th- yeah, I think you got to kind of do those things, you know, to keep them honest. And and um, a lot of people, you know, when they when they're writing reviews, they're kind of like, um, well, you know, everything just seems to fall his way. It's like, well, you know, if it doesn't fall his way, I'm mean, put him in peril. He'll be dead, right? So it's like, <laughs> in the book. what am I supposed to do? Yeah, there are random circumstances, and yeah, things fall his way. But if you don't do that, then he's dead, and the story's done. Yeah. Um, so that's so, that'll cut yeah. things short. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a, you got to kind of give the guy a few challenges, and you sure. got to give him a, a, a chance advantages. to overcome it. So, hey, a couple yeah. breaks. I mean, he's got to have yeah. agency, but yeah, I mean, he certainly got some. He's right, certainly got but, some, uh, but it's yeah, you know. he's tossing missiles with his hands here. I mean, come on, what else? Yeah, yeah in he's... the in the movie, he tosses the missile with his hand, where in, is in reality, he just launched it, launched <laughs> it out of the tube, and dove into space. And of course, he was stupid, and he watched the thing explode, which is a bad move on his part. So, uh, <laughs> oh. so yeah, up, no, you gotta, you gotta turn away dramatically. Yeah. Yeah, well, he does have to turn away dramatically. He didn't do that in reality, so he ended up with some, some burned eyelids and things like that. So we'll figure that out. But he's, he's fine by the second book. <laughs> fine. It's fine. He's fine. It's, it's okay. He's up and running, and he finally gets laid in the second book. Poor, poor kid. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't. He's with this woman the whole time, and the tension, the sexual tension is just incredible. And and no, he can't sleep with her because he's superior, blah, blah, blah. Superior officer, all this kind of stuff. And then finally, in the second book, I just said, oh, screw it. They're going to have sex in the shower in the first first chapter. So <laughs> nice. That's Get it out there. Went straight to sex in the shower. So you got to make it's, uh, it's That's a good hook. Yeah. Just yeah. start it off. So now, I'm curious oh, about how. Oh, 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 doggies. Oh, oh, yep. Now we got to talk about those. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hey, dog. See, I named him Barkley, and that was a mistake. I, <laughs> I named him quietly, you know, something like that, man, because he's a barker, so I'm going to shut the doors here. So. What kind of dog? Hey, he's a um, mini Australian Shepherd. He's the cutest thing you've ever seen, man. He's about 22 pounds of pure health and uh, <laughs> hell in a hand basket. He is. He's just. So he's got the coloring and, and build of an Australian Shepherd, but 22 pounds. Uh, he's tiny. He's tiny. He has That's legs. smaller than my rabbit. He has legs for a dog that's like, you know, twice his size. So he's got these huge long legs and he's got this tiny little body. <laughs> cute as hell. And, you know, he jumps about four feet in the air when I come in at night, which is always good because, you know, it makes you feel good when you've had a bad day as a writer. You only sold oh, 68 yeah. books this week or whatever. Right. You know, your dog's like, hey, I'm, I'm here. I I'm still love you. At you. Yeah. I still love you, dude. Yeah, I definitely was. Uh, I was dating this girl, and she like had a dog. The whole reason was because no matter what happened, it was always happy to see her. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, that that's makes legit. Sense. Yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's that's legit, man. You can't. You can't. They say you can't buy love. Well, maybe you can, but they it costs you know four or five hundred bucks. For <laughs> it depends on it. depends on how much your dog eats. <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah. Right. That we're gonna we're gonna steer towards the dog part of the buy and sure. love. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll keep it there. We'll love a yeah, companionship. We'll stay away from the, the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not one of the same. So you have <laughs> it's hard to find a place to go from there. Like he's yeah. about to try. <laughs> but, well, this is why he does what he does. Let's right, quick segue. It, quick segue. So, um, when are we going to see Starbound on shelves? Uh, Starbound is on shelves. The, 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 yeah. the, um, <laughs> Did you the, not hear? Uh, you? The no. Hard, the hardcover came out. January he panicked. 5th. <laughs> I panicked. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It came out January fifth, so it's out there. Um, it's kind of cool. Same kind of cover. It's yellow. Although someone did point out to me that from a distance, one of my ships looked like it was a penis of one of the uh, bigger ships. That was intentional. Really? Um, <laughs> well, let's pull wait, this what? up. Yeah, we have to see like... this. So, 
Um, I'm not sure if I buy that uh, necessarily, but because uh, I think I oh oh that is a shipcock. Okay, <laughs> not like I yeah, didn't see it so. until you said something about it, and now right. we're putting now, it on the podcast. Now you're gonna be able to get it out of your mind. Now no, no yeah that's now a, anytime I look at that, that's gonna be a, that's a shipcock. Yeah, it's kind of a shipcock. So uh, anyway, that's, that's out in hardback. We, I'm not sure when the mass market that's hardback. Probably that's out in hardback. Hardback, yeah. Oh, you guys stretched <laughs> yeah, for that I one. Complained, oh, <laughs> I complained about the ships because the bad ships get all the they get all the cool detail, and my the other ships. So the, are the my, the bad the, ships the, are the big the, ones, right? Yeah, and the little the little the little ships are uh, you know. They're not little, but necessarily by size. But the, uh, the, the penis. They did not get the, the penis ships. Did not get the same treatment. And I, it's like I thought the first one looked like a railroad car, so I asked him to streamline it. So then he stuck a he did it. So he stuck then he stuck a penis on one of the, the <laughs> alien ships. So you know it's kind of like yeah. That's well, they're what here to screw Complain you, so. to the, the artist. That's what you're going to get. But the cover for the third book. <laughs> Which is called Define. I just got that, and that's it's just super cool. But it does kind of have the anus from hell on it. So <laughs> it does. It's got this. It's it's got this. Uh, there's this super weapon, and I'm not giving away too much here. I hope. My, well, it's up to you. You're well. There's spoilers. a super weapon in the third in the third book, and it's very much shaped like the the moon um, Phobos of uh, Mars. Mm. Okay. Mars Phobos. It's not and entirely it's round. It's kind of an emitter thing at the back to, you know, for propulsion. And the emitter thing just looks like the gigantic red and blue anus from, from <laughs> hell. It's, so it's like, it's like, it, it looks awesome, but at the same time, I'm like, it kind of looks like a butthole. <laughs> so anyway, I think the artist is playing with me. I think he's just messing with me, but, uh, book two giant penis book three butthole like yeah uh, yeah i think he's i think i think stefan martinier's got something on his mind he wants to tell the world book, but, um, book four is going I'm very georgia o'keefe on us <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna see a, a have you have you met him like in person i haven't um he's you know mostly he does his work out of out of his home country out of france and uh, uh, i have been to france but i did not see him when i went there um oh, oh well yeah. that explains that it. was 15 years ago so oh well, fair um, enough but no you know we we exchange occasionally we will exchange an email he'll actually deign to talk to the little the, the dirty little scumbag author but um <laughs> You know, he's he's pretty far up there, and uh, so I give suggestions, and he, he wants ideas, and he comes up, he does a pretty good job. Yeah, no, 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 I mean, that, that, cool. well, that cover's selling books for you. Well, it's, I mean, all the covers are awesome. We're, like, kind of just having fun with it, but it's, like, right. they're awesome covers, yeah. Yeah, and I and I get that. People seem to like the book and uh, the book covers, and, and uh, I also kind of went through... Um, the same, a similar thing with uh, with um, the UK uh, publishers um, who uh, did some kind of, and I think their ship is a little cooler looking. They focus on the good guys' ships and not the bad guys' ships. So mm. the first two books for those in the UK are, are pretty cool, um, but uh, yeah, they're not they're not selling super well over there. So I may just have to take my money and run from uh, <laughs> from, from the, the UK, UK market. Screw the yeah. Brits. Yeah. Uh, but um, do, do they have a big sci-fi community still there? I mean, I know they've got they, fantasy. I, I actually sell better in Britain than I do in America. Do you really? really? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. I, the thing is that I'm being told is that basically the um, my, my agent's telling me this anyway, so take that for what it's worth, right? He's probably just trying to make me feel good. <laughs> but um, uh, what he's telling me is that the, the paper, the physical book market is just dying a death over there. It's like practically ebooks or nothing. Really? And yeah, that's what he says. So he says it's just a really difficult market. And he says, he said, you may look at your numbers and he goes, you may be horrified, but he says they're better than a lot of guys with a lot more famous names than yours. So I'm like, okay, I'll take that. Well, because so, over here, I've, I've heard that it's actually going the other way. That's going back towards physical books. Yeah, that's, physical that's books true. are like, are actually on the upswing. That's and true. And the last level is not lowered. Yeah, the numbers I've seen the last uh, two or three years, uh, physical books have taken back over the lead from from ebooks. Yeah. So um, yeah. people are turning back to that. And I, I think there's always going to be a large segment of the crowd that just wants to hold a book in their hand and That's read it. Me, I own zero. It, e I, I own zero ebooks. Yeah, I have some ebooks on my phone that I've never read, except except occasionally I have read. Um, 
uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, usually mm. in the bathroom at work uh, <laughs> at my day job. And I'm like, at page 75 or page 90 or something, there hasn't been any sex yet. I'm like, what's the point? I don't want to read about her social life and what a struggle it is. And all that. So. David, could be that you're not the target audience for that book. It could be that I'm not the target audience. That 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 might be yeah, my, part of it. My mom that accidentally bought that, not knowing what it was. Oh, right. Accidentally, yeah. sure. No, she didn't. No, she was that, like, uh-huh. is this a painting guide? No, I'm dead serious. She was like, you don't, trust me, my mom would not buy that book. She bought it because it was on the New York Times bestseller. And so uh, she was like, oh, okay. And like, she reads like books like very frequently. So she picked that up. I know that she did like it because I got a call about it. <laughs> oh, I got a call like because it was I your fault. Just yeah. like yelling at uh, like not me, like not like I recommended it, but she was like I can't believe people are publishing this kind of thing. <laughs> I was like you want to give it, you know, you got to you got to give it to your church, mom. Just do the book yeah, drive. Just put it in, just, just slip it into the church, uh, the church know, recommended drive. reading uh, yeah. shelf, right? The, the yeah. used book yeah. sale. The used book sale. Right. Just slide that in and she was like, "You're not very funny." And then she like hung up on me. So that was <laughs> that went well. That was that's how that turned out. How much did the church get for it? That's <laughs> yeah, what I yeah. want to know. <laughs> Probably quite no, those are yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely I definitely tried actually reading that book myself. I actually haven't. It didn't really. Did, didn't did it work for you? Not didn't work for not you? in the way. Well, because I think there's two reasons why people read that book, right? And um, neither they're both kind of because they're pervy. Right? Yeah, actually, exactly. But, yeah. So there's one. Yeah, they're pervy, and then, like some people are like, "Do I have this inner like? It's like this like inner like hidden like? Am I gonna like unfold like this flower kind of bullshit? Right. And um, so like, I trust me, I don't know why people <laughs> why, do this thing. Am I? A, am oh, I but for both of these things, that? there is actual pornography. Well, yeah, or like, <laughs> well, because they're like, if this is pop, like, am I going to be empowered by this to somehow have some kind of like breakthrough in my own psychology? I know. And the answer is no. The answer is no. Either yeah, of those yeah. things. So, yeah, yeah that's what kind of happened, happened there. So, okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's not the best. Well, this went to a weird place. Thanks for that segue, asshole. Yeah. Why is it my fault? Sorry. You're the one who segued. <laughs> it's I'm, your I'm job to. It's your job to herd the cats And you herded them straight into a Fifty Shades of Grey conversation You dick There we go man Well it's, it's what makes this interesting No I, yeah. don't, I actually think that was purposeful <laughs> Here we go Well I mean no, I'm not. I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying. I think that was perfect. Yeah, we. I totally. You know what? When's the third book coming out, Dave? Do they know? Well, yet? the third book is. I'm actually kind of struggling with the third book this year. Oh yeah. Uh, and the reason why I'm struggling with this because I've had a whole bunch of um, what I would call minor health issues that added up. Oh no. Kind of slowed me down considerably. Oh um, man, how you I was feeling? Supposed to start. In the, in, I'm doing fine now. But, All right, good. Um, I'm going. I'm going great guns on it now, but I'm a little behind. So I think the schedule is still for. Um, January or February, because there's a slot there for me in the doc catalog. But uh, I've got to get it basically wrapped up to them by by August, which um, to make that date, which isn't really it's really actually quite doable, because the fact is, is that uh, I I hate to say this. I'm, I'm going to admit this on a podcast in public and everything. <laughs> but about 80 percent of my books uh, are pretty much first draft and. I have been told I have exceptionally clean prose mm-hmm. when when delivering a first draft, and I'm I guess I'm just blessed in that way, is that I know what I want to say, and I and I'm able to say it in such a way that uh, uh, it comes out and it stays. I mean, I don't rewrite. I probably rewrite five thousand words when I go through and do my my editing pass. Oh, really? I, wow. That just that's usually just about it. You know, I add a couple thousand and delete a couple thousand, maybe, but out of curiosity, for the most part. Do you outline yeah. significantly beforehand? Yeah, that's uh, what that's that. Fuck no. There are three answers to that. No, no, and fuck no. And and my answer is fuck no. I don't. I, I, I what I do is I write a story treatment. It's like about three to five pages. Okay. And then as as I'm writing, I'll think of something. Oh, I want to say that I want this to happen. I want that to happen. I'll put a bullet point, you know, a couple bullet points ahead, and and that'll guide me through. So in a lot of ways, uh, no, it basically just comes out of the. The creative center of the universe uh, through my brain filter and out to the page, and I'm so far I've had no problems with that uh, process. So nice. Um, I got to take it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
No, that's what I was going to say. I got to take what the universe gives me, right? So I'm just going to go with that. That's the way it's working. It's working. Well, if the universe is giving you that, you certainly don't turn away. Yeah, right. (laughs) Exactly. I do two two drafts. (laughs) That's it. Yeah, that's nice. Um, How many books did you do? Like, how much writing did you do? Like, some people always ask us, like, when they hear, like, you know, what was the ramp up? You know what I mean? Between oh, the ramp up. This is this is a good story. I'm glad you asked this. I'm glad you asked this. Ah, I do what I can. Uh, um, basically, uh, I did my first novel. I sent that out. I got some bites, but not the kind of bites I wanted. So I immediately started a second book. Uh, it took me about two years of working nights to write it. Um, and then I sent it out looking for an agent. And I, I found Joshua, who seemed to like my stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, it took a couple year or there was some rewrites and then it, it finally went out about in, i think 2009 went out and it sat around for three years um in dawes uh uh inbox and when sheila finally read it sheila gilbert my editor she loved it but by then i'd already done a rewrite for another um publisher who agreed to buy it so uh in the end that deal didn't work out, so I went back to DAW, and then I had to combine the two different versions of the book. So short story, long story short, it was really the second book that I that I wrote, mm-hmm. uh, Impulse was. But I, I wrote uh, another novel after that um, that's still sitting on the shelf waiting to go out. And uh, then I've written the follow-ups and also wrote one young adult book called Speedwing that I'm – it was not properly edited, and I'm trying to keep it um, on the lowdown. So if you want to go out and find that somewhere, go ahead. But uh, <laughs> but it needs some major rewrites because it's like supposed to be young adult. It's got all the sex and f bombs in it, so it's like yeah. <laughs> it's not a very yeah young adult. Yeah, sure, every ten year old read this, I'll love it. Um, he probably would. He probably would. Yeah, probably would beats the series. So catalog. you know, in the process, it was like the second book of what six or seven I've written now, and. Um, um, it was kind of harrowing. It took a long time. It wasn't published until 2015. So it was really, from the time I thought I was done with it till the time it got published, uh, was about uh, almost eight years. So wow. that's the horror story. Um, that's the nightmare. But that's what happens in publishing, man. Things get lost in the shuffle, and uh, you kind of just have to uh, uh, run with it. And you never. And the thing is, never give up on a book, man. Never. You know, if someone from a major publisher hasn't responded yet, that means they haven't said no yet. You know, mm, so I'm not sure if that fair. answers your question or not. But no, that actually really does. That's really that's a good bit of advice. Because it's yeah. always interesting seeing everyone's different writing processes. Yeah, everyone's yeah. got this kind of. It's like a very the only lesson to take away from is everybody's got their own. Right. Yeah. Right. And every, that's the thing. Is yeah. If you, th- if you think your process is weird or you think your process is unique, um, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and that's normal. That's normal. There is no process, you know. Uh, there's yeah, there, no, there's no magic sauce you can pull out and be like, this no. is how you write it. No, there isn't. Everybody works differently. Some yeah. some writers I know that are really good writers work really, really slow. Um, I write space opera, so I tend to work fairly fast because um, I kind of know what I want to say mm-hmm. with my character and what I want to do with my characters. Although I will confess a little bit to uh, maybe needing a break from this universe. Um uh, you know, so in some ways you're kind of hoping you get another contract, and other ways it's like you don't want to be one of those guys who puts out a one book in the same series every year for the next 18 years. Yeah. Although that would pay off financially. Oh yeah. Kind of kind of thinking what what I write about with these characters, you know, 15 years from now. But a lot of guys do it. Mike uh, Mike Moscow writes his Mike Shepard. He does his Chris Longknife series. That kind of stuff is very successful. It's mm-hmm. been very successful. Jack Campbell's done a lot of stuff. His mm-hmm. real name is John Henry. He's done. Uh, been very successful with that kind of formula. So I don't know. I mean, you know, Butcher, Weber, those guys, they stick to their universes and they uh, they produce a book. And uh, Man, David Weber fans are hardcore. David Weber fans are like cultish. Yeah, they are hardcore. And, and I see them at these um, at these cons, you know, and I talk to him about, well, you know, I'm, uh, you might like my books because, you know, people have said, you know, it's kind so of like, David David Weber without all the uh, unnecessary technology descriptions, and I'm kind of like, no, we love the technology descriptions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so they're, they're yeah you don't you don't want to walk up to the Manticorans and start like start, start, nitpicking yeah. David Weber stuff. Yeah, it's like yeah, you know, I, I like Weber's books, but he spends like 50 pages writing, you know, telling me how the the gravity lance is going to work, and I just don't care. Just use the fucking thing, <laughs> something up, and get onto it. So. <laughs> make sure you don't look told, at the it's explosion. funny i've been i've been told you know that that same thing that it's like it's like david weber without, without the wasted 
pages of page. technology yeah. description and other people criticize me that say my technology is too pie in the sky and i'm like yeah but i kind of think technology in the future is going to be uh it's going to be a lot simpler than we think it is i mean look at our smartphones and all the things that they freaking do that 20 years ago we couldn't even conceive of of yeah. them doing and it's like you know i think it's way faster than light travel all this kind of stuff's going to happen it's just going to happen and we're going to suddenly boom one day oh we have it the m drive works yep you know, <laughs> like this yeah, is how i've this seen happened. a guy that, that did a calculation on the m drive um that says he thinks that that just using the technology that the guy has has worked on today that he thinks that we could get to warp equivalent of warp factor five just mm. by scaling up an m drive engine i'm like okay I'll take that. I mean, if that happens in my lifetime, I'd be thrilled. Oh but, yeah, uh, right. You know. Yeah. Would you do the Mars so, thing? Would you be the? Would you go to the Mars? Be the <clears throat> one-way ticket Mars. One-way ticket? No. I, I'm I'm planning on living and dying on Earth. But um, the one thing I would do, without a question, is is uh, if I had the two hundred forty thousand dollars handy. Oh yeah. Was I'd take Virgin Galactic and, and be the first science fiction writer actually in space? Oh, would be, be really that would be cool. cool. That'd be cool. Um, so I just have to like, you know, marry a rich woman or mm -hmm. get an inheritance or something from an unexpected rich uncle in another country or something. Hey, like I get that. emails from those guys. Those guys. Time. I mean, they call me all the time. What do you do with that? Man? Yeah, I got an email yeah. from apparently I, uh, you I, want some, uh, yeah, some nymph, some like, Bobbian lottery or something. Yeah, there was like, no, I the had Nigerian prince. I, I had a prince, uncle. I couldn't yeah. know. They had no idea what to do with the millions. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I sent him help us invest it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I sent him my my social security and everything. I'm still waiting. Yeah. Check, you know. Yeah. I'm sure that's coming. I'm sure the check is in the <laughs> very, mail on that one. Very very soon. Yeah. Yeah. That's the. Uh, well, did you hear the new scam? Well, no. Well, that. Yeah, you know, where like someone calls pretending to be the IRS. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Where they're going to sue you if unless you call them, and it's like a personal cell phone number. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trust awesome. me, I've, I've talked to the IRS before. I've had dealings with them. They never call you, so. No, you know. no. No, they come knock on your door. They send you mail. Those are their two options. Yeah, either, yeah. either we'll deal with this sometime yeah. next year or we're dealing with it right now. Either we're sending <laughs> guys to arrest you or you're sending us money. One of the two things. Here's your notice that we're sending you're sending us money. Yeah, yeah basically so, is what's right. happening. Yep. Which reminds me, one of these days I got to get around just filing my taxes. Yeah, it's that time <laughs> of year. Yeah, it is definitely. It was that time of year a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. You know, I just don't take that seriously anymore. I'd rather pay the thirty dollar fine and just file already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've actually got that. Now you've got this. You got me going here. If I could got all my tax stuff right here in front of me, all my all my stuff that I earned. Yeah, <laughs> see how much did I earn in writing? Not very much, but um, <laughs> it's all right here. Just waiting for me to go do something about it. But, that's uh, well, we, well that, that's actually what this interview is about. As we're kind of yeah, really, you're yeah, really we're working just, for the IRS. Yeah. We're here to help you out. This is our side gig. This yeah. is how we get at writers. So what I need you to do is give us all your financial information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, well, it was good talking to you, Dave. Yeah, Dave, right, it's guys. been an absolute that, blast. That's it, huh? That is, uh, a half hour went. It went and gone. It went and gone. Yeah. Is that really a whole half? That felt short. That is, well, said that 34 minutes. That's because I'm so entertaining. Yeah, well, because we, well, yeah, yeah, there are some where we, where, I mean, never mind, all our guests are amazing, but totally. there, are, <laughs> there are those where we're like trying to figure out what to say. This one just kind of yeah. went. Yeah. Yes, it did. And those are the good. It kind of went. Um, well, thanks, guys. It's, it's, it was a load of fun. So, Starbound is out in hardback. If you want to spend $25 on a book, go grab one. Um, Defiant comes out next year. Um, and I'm sure the, the paperback, mass market paperback of, uh, Starbound will be out at the end of this year, towards the end of 2016, and uh, and that will be the right price too at 7.99. So go grab it. All right, good Perfect. deal. Say hi to Barkley for me. I will say hi to Barkley. Yes, I usually yell, yell at him. Shut up! <laughs> yelling, but right. uh, I don't think he understands that. So uh, neither do these guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Guys. Thanks so much, Dave. <laughs> it was great. Uh, see you. Talk to you soon. Bye. On the next episode of Three Unwise Men. When you're a lawyer, sometimes the only shoes you have are dress shoes.